This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Another NFL player is in hot water for betting on sports on team grounds, which we'll dive into in a moment. White Sox bets gaining steam. A lot to explain there. An early look at the top quarterbacks in college football and, of course, Belmont picks. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski, and I'm broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. As if a Kelvin Ridley suspension for a full season and five Lions getting suspended wasn't enough, now it's Colts corner and kick returner Isaiah Rogers who is expected to start the season. Rogers, in the final year of a $3.4 million contract, reportedly made around 100 bets in the $25 to $50 range with one hitting four figures. Let's get details from the man that broke this massive story this week. Joining me now on Early Odds, Sports Radio 670, The Score, Matt Rybaltowski, and he's had quite the week over at Sports Handle, covers sports betting, writes about it there. Follow the account over there on Twitter at sports underscore handle. Certainly uh, have some friends over there that have uh, been on this show many times, especially uh, with, with the legalization in Illinois, but we're reaching out to Matt this week for a much different story. Matt, the person that uncovered the news on Isaiah Rogers, which was everywhere. And it feels like uh, this has become the norm where there is a, some sort of a sports betting scandal involving the NFL because of the rules that they set up. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for your time this morning here on early odds. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. Well, tell us how this all came about, what you're willing to share with the Isaiah Rogers story this week. You did a, a, a really good job of um, articulating the, the current climate in the U.S. sports betting market where there's been this convergence of scandals or a significant uptick in the number of cases of uh, player betting. 
not just in the NFL, but in in other leagues as well. It has uh, ensnared a, a couple colleges in uh, Iowa, uh, specifically the University of Iowa and, and Iowa State. There's an ongoing investigation that's mentioned over 40 players combined at, at those two schools. There was the uh, other incident that led to the dismissal of the Alabama baseball coach where uh, evidence was found that the, the coach was uh, purportedly on the phone with a, a, a better while he placed a, a wager on LSU on that night's LSU-Bama uh, game, which is a, a pretty r- ridiculous violation there. Our staff at Sports Handle, we've, uh, we, we've covered it extensively. Since, since then, ESPN came out with, with reports that a second wave of sports betting uh, suspensions could have been imminent. That happened uh, in late May. So we started uh, poking around. We looked uh, behind the scenes to try to determine what enforcement tools were were, were out there in terms of detecting that t- type of activity. And we, we got in touch with a, a, a trusted uh, source who um, had first-hand knowledge of the alleged activity that took place in the in the Colts locker room. Mm. So I had several uh, conversations with him uh, over, over the last week, and we were able to uh, corroborate our, our reporting on the regulatory side. We, we also spoke with the Indiana Gaming Commission, and they were able to confirm that they uh, were aware of the allegations. So we took it from there. We'll get into uh, the details that we do have, and we don't have all of them at the moment. But w- when this story first surfaced, and, and I'm sure a lot of people that don't bet on sports were thinking, a hundred bets or even hundreds of bets. You understand, Matt, that if you're doing this on an entertainment level, that's not a lot. Like If you're betting a daily sport, it doesn't take a lot to get to that number. And then it was also out there that we're talking about $25 to $50 bets. There was a report of one bet in four figures, but for the most part, $25 to $50 bets. I look at that and I say, well, Isaiah Rogers was betting within his means then. I, I applaud him in that sense because there are so many stories out there and stories that are not out there yet, just about people that are betting way beyond their means. Rogers wasn't apparently doing that uh is that the information that you have that these were you know for for a a guy that's a millionaire professional athlete very small scale bets it appears that they were very small small scale bets you make a tremendous point on the the parallels between placing a a 25 dollar wager and doing something else on a saturday night to fulfill your your entertainment thirst right mm-hmm. Place, placing a 25 dollar wager is cheaper than going to the movies and, and getting popcorn our source uh in particularly gave us a a rough time frame of when these wagers occurred he, he said the bulk of them occurred during the 22 season and then into the 2023 calendar year but he didn't have an, an approximation of the exact dates, right? If it if it occurred from September until 
April or May or or if the player in question didn't start wagering until Thanksgiving. But even even so, to you, to your point, if you, if you do the math and let's say there were two hundred to three hundred wagers at at thirty dollars a piece, and then you add the one um, four figure wager, that's a few thousand dollars at, at most. It, it really looks if like if that's the case, then he wagered uh, within his means. Yeah, I mean, say he lost sixty percent, which would be a ton a ton of losses to pile up. It's not that much money. Certainly uh, not for Isaiah Rogers. This is early odds with Joe Ostrowski sports radio, six seventy. the score. My guest this morning, Matt Riboltowski of SportsHandle.com. He broke the story on Isaiah Rogers. And I mentioned that we're still waiting on some details. What do we know there? Because earlier this week, headlines all over the place. Rogers could be banned. We're reading some people running with that. How could that come about? Is that only if he bet against his team or any Colts wagering at all? Could he be banned? According to to our source, several of of the wagers were were placed on on the Colts. And so on the Colts to win, not to lose. And if that's the case, based on, the the other suspensions that the NFL has levied so so far looks like the appropriate uh, punishment for that would be be a one year suspension. But if you look, look through the NFL's gambling policy, if you place one wager from a from a team facility, you're you're in violation of of, of the policy. Mm-hmm. And if you place a single wager on any NFL game even among teams outside the the one that you play for, then you're in line for a one-year suspension. I think going back to um, 2019, uh, former Cardinals uh, defensive back Josh Shaw, he was the the, the first after the passport decision to be suspended by the NFL. And I think he received a a 21-month suspension. At the time, there... There, there was some evidence that Shaw reportedly bet against the Cardinals. There, there was one instance where there were reports that he he bet on uh, the the Bucks, a second half wager on the Bucks when when they they played Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uncorroborated though. The the, the league uh, never um, confirmed that. Based on the the, the length of uh, Shaw's su- suspension, that sort of made made sense there. So. That provides a, a a guideline, sort of, of the, the type of suspension that he, he might be facing. But again, these are these are all allegations. Um, none of the charges have been uh, proven yet. Do you buy into the idea that certain NFL teams are not doing enough? They're not truly educating their players on what they are risking by betting on sports, especially when they're on team grounds. No, uh, personally, I, I, I don't think that's that's the, the crux of the, the, the problem. I, I think it gets gets to more of your point before about how this is a source of, of entertainment. And the players view a small bet of 25 to, to 50 dollars as pennies as, as long as it's not on an NFL game. Um, 
look at some of the Lions suspensions, uh, notably ones of Jameson Williams and Stanley Berryhill. Reportedly, th those guys bet on college football. And so they received six-game suspensions for it. And, th and the reason why was because they placed them um, from the team facility. And so you look at the NFL's policy, wh what's happening is the NFL wants to create a zero-tolerance environment inside team facilities, anywhere where the league conducts business. They, they, they don't want it to be a haven of, of gambling, right? Mm -hmm. they, they don't want the, these players sitting around on, on their apps and betting on college football or baseball or cricket or UFC or any other niche sport that, that's out there. They, they want to nip it on the bud and they want the team facility to, to be free of, of gambling. And your point before on, on whether the teams are, are, are doing enough to educate their, their players, these warnings are ubiquitous. There are posters all over the locker room saying, you can't bet here. You can't place any wagers on sports. You can't bet on the NFL anywhere. So I think un, uh, until this moment, that message has fallen on de deaf ears a little bit. And maybe this could be the incident that will be the straw to break the camel's back. Well, that's why we keep seeing uh, this as a story in the NFL, because of the rules that are set up. Do you think the NFL is going to ch change their stance on this? Because the NBA, they do not forbid their players from betting on other leagues. NHL, they're like, hey, guys, just please, please don't bet on the NHL, okay? It, it's not good for the for the league in bed with sports books for this to be a storyline again and again. So are they going to keep this hardline stance? I would only be speculating, and that that's because the – NFL ha has not sent any indications that they will amend their um, sports betting policy dramatically. From afar, since the Supreme Court's decision, the NFL has always wanted to take the lead on responsible sports betting. And they, they've wanted to have this comprehensive policy that that creates that zero tolerance environment, right? Mm -hmm. And based on that, I, I don't think they they want to relent. I think they'll do the the, the opposite. They'll try to broaden their, their efforts to um to educate the, the, the players. There there's a re report that came out on, on, on Thursday that the NFL has enlisted um Tom Brady to uh, film this uh training video that goes out to uh, every team uh, during the, the, the off season. Hmm. And in the, in the video, Brady underscores uh, the importance of maintaining the integrity of the game and the integrity of the league. And he talks about how that integrity could, could be tarnished if, if players are, are betting. So there, there's definitely a clear delineation between a, a player who, who bets $25 on an NFL game and then a, a player who's betting pennies on on some of those other sports, NFL players betting on the NBA finals and, and, and things like that. But I, I think if, if anything, um, the, the NFL will 
increase the, the, those efforts to try to prevent players from from betting rather than relenting. I was thinking it would be a wake-up call with a star player like Calvin Ridley, but apparently not, as you referenced earlier in our conversation with the Lions, and I know much more to come on this Isaiah Rogers. Some, uh, I, I assume some follow-up stories this week, sportshandle.com. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on an interesting one, more on what will happen from, from a regulatory perspective, right? Because on one hand, you, you, you can make the argument that the, the system is working now. The, the convergence of, of all these cases illustrate the, the, the fact that the detection software is out there to determine when a, a pro athlete is, is making a bet. On the other hand, you, you can make the argument that there are still enforcement gaps. We learned um, from some of our reporting, I uh, have to credit my, my colleague, uh, Jill Dorson. She learned that in, in Iowa, the, uh, the NBA is the, the only uh, pro sports league that provides um, prohibited better lists to uh, regulators in, in the state. That might be one of uh, the changes that, that results in, in this. State regulators might push to receive uh, that type of information for, from the leagues if the leagues are are hesitant to provide it. There might be legislative changes where where states push forth um, mandates to, to the leagues uh, to, to provide the, the, those type of lists. It's a very tricky um, situation because uh, data privacy laws come into play. Right. But on the other hand, you you can make the argument that some leagues and some stakeholders might might be fed up by the the rash of, of cases that that have occurred, and that they can can make the claim that significant changes um, need need to be made. Should locker rooms be be geofenced, right? The, the technology out there is available. It could definitely happen where you could prevent athletes in a locker room or anyone who, who who's in there from gaining access uh, to their sports betting apps. It hasn't happened yet, but mm -hmm. it, it's definitely possible. More to come to say the least. Matt Ryboltowski, find his work, sportshandle.com. Follow him on Twitter by his name. Matt, thank you so much for your time this morning on Early Odds, all right? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Wow, the idea of NFL teams geofencing locker rooms or team property so players can't use the betting apps that they're taking money from. That would be a wild turn. All right, people are betting on the White Sox. Yes, I'm not just saying game to game or just for the division. Even more than that, I'll explain why. And a way too early college football QB primer. That's next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski back with you. Sports Radio 670, the score. White Sox future bets are happening. I'm talking World Series, pennant. And it's not just our buddy Jim Miller who we'll check in with in a little bit. Uh, what you've got to remember is that a bet on a long shot isn't necessarily a prediction. It can be because of potential chaos or somebody has to win an awful division like Yale Central or just a number grab on odds that someone thinks are way off. As bad as things have gone on the south side, they're back in the conversation to win the AL Central due to the twin slide and Guardians underperforming as the favorite coming in. The Sox have the easiest remaining schedule. Not over the next couple of weeks. There are some tricky spots here, but over the course of the rest of the season, uh, there's a path in the division with nobody that's any good right now, right? And the pennant odds are 100 to 1. The World Series odds. 240 to 1. 240. I haven't made this bet, but I'm just passing along what some are doing in the betting market. They're clutching onto their priors from before the season, and the White Sox were sort in that conversation, maybe just outside the top 10. But now the betting marketing is saying they're bottom five, bottom six team. Nah, no, some people disagree with that. So it wouldn't surprise me if those numbers change quickly because it doesn't take a lot to build up some liability with odds like that. All right, with the NBA and NHL seasons winding down, never too early to look at college football. And we took a look at how the signal callers are stacking up this season. Here's a chunk of BetQL Daily with my co-hosts, Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth. Take a listen. The Athletic came out with a rather in-depth article that groups college quarterbacks for next season into tiers. And the top tier is Caleb Williams out of USC all by himself. The second tier, Drake May and Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Drake May from North Carolina. And then you've got a group in tier three, group in tier four, and things like that. First off, Joe, sort of a general thought I had about how we should take this information and bet on it going forward. So when I was at the power rank for a couple of years, I did an annual Heisman betting preview podcast. And one of the things that I noticed when handicapping Heisman futures was that if you're dealing with a quarterback who's been in the same system with the same coaches for a few years, that's good as far as overall trends are concerned. But if you're looking at a Heisman winner or a team making the playoff, what you want are outliers. And there are many examples of this, but perhaps the most notable involves Joe Burrow, formerly out of LSU. Here's a guy who, uh, he had some decent high school numbers, or decent, got to go to Ohio State, 
lost the quarterback battle there. And I don't think it was a bad battle to lose. Like, I'm not saying Ohio State did the wrong thing not going with Joe Burrow. They probably did the right thing. And then Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. goes to LSU. And perhaps we forget that his first year as the starting quarterback there was not good. Anything about it was unmemorable, to say the least. But then all of a sudden, Joe, Joe Brady becomes the passing game coordinator for LSU, and suddenly Joe Burrow becomes an absolute legend, winning the Heisman <laughs> Trophy, becoming the first overall pick in the NFL draft. And he has continued to be a legend with the Cincinnati Bengals. So in terms of, say, win totals, maybe a good team winning the conference, yeah, these tiers are important and overall trends are important. But if you're looking at those outlier bets, like the Heisman, making the playoff, all of that stuff, then you need to look for that perfect storm, the new offensive coordinator, the quarterback that we're not talking about very much. Maybe a quarterback who's really young, like a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, something like that. That's how I read this article, Joe. Yes, and it's also a, a good college football primer as you go down the list over their five tiers and you're reminded, oh, wait, oh, yeah, Devin Leary did go to Kentucky. And wait, oh, this guy went to Slovis, BYU, or DJ is at Oregon State, which is going to be very strange this coming season. So uh, it, it updates you there. And the people that put this together, like Feldman being one of them, he's as plugged in with coaching staffs as well as anyone. And they have all of these guys ranked. So I kind of take it to heart. I, I love a lot of the lists that he ends up putting together. Uh, number one that stands out is, yes, we know about Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. We know about all that. And he's going to be your one, one pick. But mm-hmm. some of the chatter has been, yeah, he's great. But you know what? There's going to be a few quarterbacks that are really, really good in this draft but they made sure to isolate Caleb Williams by himself. Tier one is just Caleb Williams. And at the jump, that was the most notable thing to me, that in the short write-up, they're like, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Caleb Williams. That's how, how awesome they think he's going to be this season and at the next level. So that jumped out to me as well, because I'm like, oh, uh, who's in tier one? I'm like, oh, it's just Caleb Williams. So then I started Mm -hmm. looking at it. Obviously, we saw what Lincoln Riley was able to do with this team last year. They exceeded expectations. They've they've really benefited from the transfer portal this offseason. I really started to think, you know, at 14 to 1, There's some value with USC and the Trojans. They have a pretty soft schedule to start the season, and then they've got some tougher competition, of course, within the Pac-12. They know each other so well, but I think that, you know, at 14-1, to you've got the best quarterback in college football. You're still getting better. There's more continuity there with Lincoln Riley, with Caleb Williams, that this team should be a lot better, and I, I think it's a good number. Aaron, I think you and I are on the same page as far as this important point and one of the big takeaways I had from this article in the first place. I think the Pac-12 is getting a playoff team this year. Williams out of USC, Penix out of Washington, Bo Nix out of Oregon, even UCLA has five-star recruit Dante Moore, all while the program continues to come together under Chip Kelly. Again, that continuity you're talking about. 
there are a lot of really good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and I find it hard to believe that they're just going to just beat up on each other or that they're all overrated, and ultimately none of these teams will make the college football playoff. This is going to be a really interesting year because, again, you know, we see it every year. Okay, there are probably two or three great teams in the SEC, two great teams in the Big Ten. The Big 12 is a bit of an unknown here. But you look at the collection of talent among these conferences, and no conference can really get more than two teams in. Notre Dame will be perhaps a bit of a spoiler. But this isn't Mm -hmm. a year where it's painfully obvious who the four or five best teams are to where it's going to knock out entire conferences immediately. This is a year where maybe there's a Big 12 team or, or I think a Pac-12 team will sneak in and be, say, that third or fourth team that can make the playoff. And because there are so many good quarterbacks out on the West Coast, I do think this is finally the year that the Pac-12 will get a team in for the first time in a while, Joe. Something else that also stood out here uh, among these tiers is I'm going to go to the negative side where there are some very short Heisman odds on some popular popular teams, popular names out there that this article is not buying into because they're short odds and they put these quarterbacks in the fourth tier. When you're the Notre Dame quarterback, you're going to get buzz. You're going to get chatter. And, you know, Hartman has the ceiling to be one of the best that we've seen at Notre Dame. But they put him in the fourth tier. His Heisman odds are 15 to 1. 15 to 1. And they did not list him as a top 10 quarterback with all the tiers that are, are listed above Hartman. I thought that was really interesting. And they brought up the number of turnovers. So he's got to get that under control at South Bend. And another one, a team with a very high win total, short Heisman odds, but also tier four, Jordan Travis, Florida State. The win total on the Knolls is nine and a half. His Heisman odds, 12 to one. Their title odds, only 18 to one for Florida State. So I'm also taking a look at that and saying, okay, they're, they're not completely buying into Hartman and Travis. Yeah, that's a good point. I focused more on the Pac-12 when I looked at this, so I didn't look at that, but I think uh, factoring in the win totals is a good look when taking these quarterback tiers into consideration. The Irish eight and a half win total. So the market likes, but doesn't love the Irish. I'm with you, Joe, that, you know, Hartman is someone I'm going to look at as far as Heisman odds are concerned during the season, but not at this point. Bo Nix is not someone I'm looking at for the Heisman because again, you know, he's been around for such a long time and you need that perfect storm to win the Heisman. And I just don't think he's going to have that. But where I do think there's value in backing Bo Nix is Oregon over nine and a half wins at plus 105. Looking at their okay. schedule, and granted, it's college football. There's probably one game that you're not supposed to lose that you will. But that fringe game could be what against Texas Tech or Utah. But it's also assuming that you don't beat USC and Washington. You could very well split those two, maybe drop a game that you shouldn't, and you still get to 10 wins and at plus money. I think Oregon over nine and a half offers some real value. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth, and myself on BetQL Daily taking an early look at the college football season. Hear us live 8 to 11 a.m. That's weekdays on the Odyssey app and the BetQL network. Can we go three for three? Jim Miller joins me next to break down the Belmont. Don't go anywhere. 
Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The Score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670, The Score. It's the morning of the Belmont Stakes, and we're looking to go three for three to give you another winner. Hit our own triple crown right here on Early Odds. So we bring in Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse with every which way to bet the Belmont today. Good morning, Jim. Triple Crown Ostrowski is what we're oh, looking to boy. call you, Joe. It was mage in the Derby. It was <laughs> national treasure in the Preakness. The Belmont is a way better race than the Preakness was. So it's a good race. I guess the big question is, are you going to be watching horses run through smoke or not? That's going to be the question because Belmont did not race on Thursday. But uh, I'll tell you, the uh, air quality thing has been a little bit of an issue out east as well. Yeah, issue uh, with baseball, certainly. Uh, your local team uh, dealing with some of that. They're going to have to make up games. Uh, yeah, it's awful. And and it's throughout the East Coast. I mean, one of my co-hosts, Erin Hawksworth, on BetQL Daily, she's in D.C. and she's dealing with it during the show. She's like, it's in my house. It, it's just terrible. It's terrible. It does have an effect. It's going yeah. to have an effect on this race, Joe. And the reason I say that, Mm. is even when we talked leading up to the Kentucky Derby, you talked about timing of horses getting to Churchill Downs and training. And then it was just to get accustomed to their surroundings or get accustomed to the racing surface or things like that. And we talked about at that time, two Phils who was training here at Hawthorne and stayed at Hawthorne all the way up until the Sunday prior to the race and then went over there. Well, you do have some horses in the Belmont that have been the later arrivals to New York and that's one of the things that actually could benefit them. All their training leading up to the race, just fine. They were able to stay on their pattern all the way leading up. Now they're in New York, and yes, everybody's dealing with the same thing. Nobody got to train at all on Thursday morning, but I'll tell you, it's one of those things where maybe those later arriving horses are horses that could benefit a little bit. Hmm. All right, Jim, let's go through this. Now, before we get to the horses that you like, whether we're talking about winning the race, exotics, and all that, we'll cover all of it. Let's talk about process of elimination, and I want to see if you're on board with me. The favorite rarely wins. Four favorites have won since 1996. Your favorite today is Forte, the Todd Pletcher horse, or one of two Todd Pletcher horses, I should say. Are you willing to throw out Forte in the Belmont? Yes. Good. I was willing to throw him out in the Derby. And I'm definitely willing to throw him out in the Belmont. Think about it. We, we talked leading into the Kentucky Derby about how he had kind of a race regression 
from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile to the Fountain of Youth to the Florida Derby. Then you have these issues leading up to the Kentucky Derby, which then leads to a scratch. And then after that, you've come back and you've had some workouts that were okay. The most recent workout was actually really good. But we all know Forte is going to be overbet, is going to provide no value. And for me, when there's no value, I don't think I can go with the horse in here. All right. On the same page. One more for you. Quick turnaround. Freakness. So we always talk about how challenging the Triple Crown is because yep. of that turnaround. National Treasure, of course, won. The Bafford Horse and Red Route won also raced. Are you throwing out the Preakness Horses? Yes, sir. I am throwing <laughs> out both of them. And here's okay. the thing. And National Treasure was our pick in the Preakness. National Treasure probably shouldn't have won the Preakness. Just happened to beat Blazing Sevens to the wire. But the horse was all out to win that race. And that was the shortest of the three Derby, Triple Crown type of races. So National Treasure for me is a no. Red Route 1, again, the Preakness wasn't a strong race, and this horse finished fourth in there. I just don't think the horse is necessarily good enough. So, yes, I am tossing both of those horses out as well. <laughs> All right, we're getting somewhere. Who should go first? Let me ask you that. How about that? Oh, you should. You've had the winner oh. of the first two. It's all, all you. Right. All right. It's all me. Here's the problem, Jim. And I'm concerned that I'm overthinking this. I've thought about this race more than the first two races. If I don't win it today, I'm going to blame it on that. I'm down to two horses. I'm down okay. to two, and I'm going to use both of them. If you're asking me to pick one winner, uh, the one winner I would go with with a little bit more value is Archangelo. Eight to one on the morning line. Raced at Belmont Park, winner of the Peter Pan Stakes. That's one and an eighth. Have back-to-back -back wins. Terrific jockey, Javier Castellano. Uh, so that's where I'm going. But the other one that I'm also going to use that I love, that I really like in this race, is Angel of Empire. The Arkansas Derby winner. Finished third in the Kentucky Derby, 7-2 uh, on the morning line. These are the two that I really like. Archangelo, Angel of Empire. What do you think? There's a one written next to one of those two names on my past performances, meaning that's my top pick. Okay. And that's Angel of Empire. Mm. Angel of Empire is a horse I liked in the Derby quite a bit. The horse did not have the best of trips in the Derby. Had to angle out to the center of the track and then came running late and finished up really well. You skip the Preakness. You come to this race. This is a horse that I actually thought, even with Forte in the race, I thought Angel of Empire should have been favored in here. And not only isn't favored, isn't even the second choice in the morning line because Tappa Trice is. But Angel of Empire really hasn't done anything wrong. His races have been progressions. This is a horse that they skipped the Preakness, which I like that move. But this is also one of those horses, like we mentioned, stayed and trained at Churchill Downs. And then is one of those later arrivals over to Belmont. I like that move as well for Angel of Empire. I think there's enough pace in the race because Il Miracolo, the horse that should probably be 100 to 1, that's 30 to 1 in the morning line, will provide some speed. Tappet Shoes, I think, will be forwardly placed. I think Archangelo will actually be forwardly placed as well as National Treasure. I think Angel of Empire is going to get a dream trip in this race, Joe. All right, Angel of Empire, that's your pick. What are the other horses uh, that you like that you are going to use in some of your exotics? That's where I need some help, you know. Yeah. I, ga I gave you the two that I do like, but what else am I going to throw in there with a try? The horse that was sneaky good in the Kentucky Derby that's in the race at a price is a seven. That's Hit Show. Hit Show is another Brad Cox trainee, and we talked time and again how winning from the inside in the Derby 
is so hard to do. And this horse had the one hole that day, but actually ran a really good race. He was 24 to one in the Derby. He kind of rated in that second flight, chasing that really fast pace the whole way around, but he didn't back out of it. It was only him and two fills that really didn't back out of it. That were up there amongst those top five or six much of the way and hit show ran on well, but this is another horse where right along with angel of empire stayed at Churchill downs all the way up leading to this race. I don't know if he's as fast as angel of empire, but he doesn't need to be. He just needs to be fast enough to finish second and hit shows a horse that's had some success in New York in the past and race progression is going in the right direction. So I think he's a solid factor at 10 to one. Molly brought this up. How many people are going to make the mistake of betting Tappet shoes when they meant to bet oh, yeah. Tappet Trice? Is there going to be a ton of them will make that mistake? And that's the thing. And it's the third Brad Cox horse in Tappet shoes who didn't run a bad race by any, any means, but, if you don't like Red Route 1, you really can't like Tappet Shoes. So Tappet Trice is the horse that was kind of, I don't want to say the wise guy horse, but he kind of was in the Derby. He ran good races coming up to the Derby in the Tampa Bay Derby in the Bluegrass. And then to me was a little bit disappointing in the Kentucky Derby because he was a horse that you expected to come charging late. And he didn't when the pace backed out of it. He finished seventh, but he was still beating 10 lengths. And that was just a little bit of a disappointing effort. But since then, he went straight over to New York, to Belmont Park. He's a horse that's been dealing with some of those conditions there. And the works have just been okay for Tappet Trice. I think he's going to be overbet. I don't think he's deserving of the three to one in here. And that's a horse that I'd probably, if I used the horse, I would use underneath. But I don't know if I would play him to win. We might as well go there because it's the only horse that we have not mentioned of the eight today. The 30 to one, the long shot. Uh, yep. Anything there? Here's the thing about him. He, he's not fast enough to win the race. He is fast enough to mess up the race. And what I say by that, you look at the starts where he's had his most success. Two lifetime victories have both been at a mile at Gulfstream Park, but in each of those races, he showed speed. And that last start out, okay, he went 23 for the opening quarter. He went 45 and one to the half. So we know he's very fast, but I think that's all they're going to do. I think they're going to send with the intent to try to steal the race. And I think say mid-turn. If you're watching mid-turn, you may see El Maricolo on the lead going into the turn, and he may be last by the time they come out of the turn, but what it does, it probably ensures a fast pace up front, and that's something that could compromise the chances of some others, and this is a horse that should be a monster price in here. And, and you know what? When we were giving our picks, one of the two you agreed with, but we didn't really talk about the other one. What do you think about Archangelo? Archangelo has the benefit of getting a win over the racetrack. That's definitely something that helps. Um, the races also are going in the right direction. I guess the biggest question that you have to find out is what are your distance limitations? Because this is a horse that broke its maiden impressively at Gulfstream Park going the mile. Going the mile in an eighth, had to battle through the lane with Bishop's Bay, and yes, prevailed by a head. Now you're asking the horse to go a mile and a half. I just don't know because the breeding suggests maybe a mile and a quarter may be the farthest extent for Archangelo. And that last quarter of a mile could be a little bit tough. I think you're going to get the price on the horse. I think you'll get right around that eight to one. I just tend to question if the horse has a little bit of distance limitations. All right. Perfect, Jim. Good stuff there. Early outs with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score. There's our breakdown on the Belmont with Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, for our weekly listeners, you threw out a gem for the people. We were going over NL Rookie of the Year odds. And, and this is important. 
to take a look at what you think is going to happen. Now, I don't know that Ellie De La Cruz is going to be your National League Rookie of the Year. In fact, history tells us it's going to be very difficult. It always is for these players that get called up June or later. Now, it happens sometimes, but they're they're up against it, especially when you have a Corbin Carroll this year who's minus 135 to win the National League Rookie of the Year. But the steam is out of control. You gave out Ellie De La Cruz a couple weeks ago on this show when he was 50 to one, you're projecting what was going to happen and you understand the talent of the player and what's happened. Everybody's gone bonkers for the guy. So much so that the odds are not 50 to one like a couple of weeks ago. Ellie De La Cruz is the second favorite and the odds are plus 350. That happened after one game, Jim, one game. I I think, you know, we don't know if that's a big winner for you. We don't know what's going to happen there, but it feels like you're getting Carroll at a bit of a discount right now because of the De La Cruz love. And it's just something to think about in the future. If you think a team is close to calling up an outstanding talent like De La Cruz, Take a big number, take a 40, take a 50 to one, because it doesn't take much for, you know, a bunch of people start betting it. Liability goes through the roof. And then all of a sudden you have the second shortest number on the board. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about these rookie of the year numbers and how it's so hard for a pitcher to win rookie of the year. Look at Michael Harris last year. Mm -hmm. Look back even to the years. Look at when Chris Bryant won the rookie of the year. He didn't start the season in the bigs. Yes, he came up a little bit earlier. But still, Ellie De La Cruz, if he stays healthy, he's going to play 100 games. All right? So you play 100 games, that's a good sample size because this is the guy that was not only brought up to say, okay, let's see what we have. He was brought up and plugged into the cleanup spot and performed right off the bat. Now, pitchers, are they going to learn what he can do? Of course. But at the same time, he's one of those that may be the talent that is so good because he has a combination. He has some speed. But he has strength and power potentials. He has average potential. He hits from both sides of the plate. He's a guy that could be just one of those guys that could continue to progress and continue to put up good numbers. You were not going to get that price that we saw a couple of weeks ago when we were playing him, Joe. But when you talk about these things, you have to talk about value at times. And when you're looking in the future, look down at some of these minor league systems. Look at the position players. See what they're doing early in the season. See how they progress through their seasons at those lower levels, and you may be able to catch those prices. These Reds might be really good for a long time. Andrew Abbott looked outstanding in yep. his first start, too. And they did, tied up Hunter Green, extended contract yep. there. They're making yep. some smart moves. If they can stay healthy, they do have a minor league system that could go out there and produce in, in a division that you have, think about it, an aging Cardinals team, a Brewers team that might be looking to kind of change things up. Pittsburgh, we don't know what they are. Are they going to be good or are they going to be what we thought were the hype Tigers last year? Mm-hmm. And then the Cubs that are kind of in transition mode. So watch out. The Reds could be a team that's on the rise. A wide open division. A lot of people were jumping on the Reds early in the week at 40 to 1. I saw it drop to 20. It's near 10 to 1 at some spots. Man, they are getting all the steam. A lot of excitement in the Queen City uh, when it comes to baseball right now. It's wide open. You go on a heck of a run. Who knows? That's a fun bet if you can get a good number there. 
So a lot of people jumping in. De La Cruz, anything. Maybe not rookie of the year, but maybe division, maybe make the playoffs, something like that. Uh, a lot of people are all in. Jim, anything else with racing today? Did a great job breaking down the Belmont, but uh, yep. anything else that you have your eye on? Yeah, there's two more horses at Belmont Park leading right up to the Belmont Stakes that I think you really want to look at. Race number 10 is the Metropolitan Stakes. There's a horse by the name of Repo Rocks. It's a seven horse. This is a horse that could upset the heavy favorite in here. It's four to one in the morning line, so bet that one across. And then race 11 is the Manhattan on the turf. Rock Emperor, the seven horse, is 12 to one and seems to just kind of be overlooked. But the horse is so consistent each and every start. Bet that horse across the board, too. Even if he runs second or third, he's going to get a positive ROI for you. All right, Jim. Perfect. It's the test of the champion today. Mile and a half. Enjoy it all, all right? It's going to be so much fun, Joe. Good luck. That's Jim Miller, Hawthorne Race Course, weekly contributor right here on Early Odds. And if you missed it earlier, Matt Rybaltowski of Sports Handle dropped by to share more details on the Isaiah Rogers betting scandal after dropping that bombshell of a story this week. The Early Odds Podcast will be up in a bit. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Catch me weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network via the Odyssey app, BetQL's Twitch and YouTube pages, 105.9 FM HD2, and there's always the BetQL Daily Podcast. Cash those tickets this weekend and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.